God bless you guys. God bless this church. You know, Catherine and I are so excited to be here. Um, we love our home church, uh, Lake Mount Worship Center. The church has been send, sending us out here. Pastor Glenn and Debbie got to know them uh, over internet and then two trips out here. Boy, Halifax is beautiful, isn't it? Boy, oh boy, it's beautiful. And it seems like everywhere you go, pockets of the city, different different groups, but just beautiful places, beautiful people. Um, but just like in that video, there, there's folks in our city who are hurting. And uh, they need to know, they need to have hope, and that might be you today. I don't want to I don't want to assume that everybody here is is connected to uh, the living hope of God. And honestly, there's those of us who need to remember the hope we have in God as we walk forward, because uh, there can come storms in life, but God is faithful. Amen. 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 Well, if it's okay with you, it seems like the theme here is to, sh- to share stories, this service. I'm just going to share a few stories and try to be uh, mindful of the time there, if I can. <laughs> I'm a preacher. I'll do my best. Mm. You know, Catherine and I are uh, we're from Ontario. Is that, can I say that out loud? <laughs> Has that been let out of the bag yet? And yes, I'm a hockey fan. And yes, I, I am a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Is that okay to say? Okay, now hold on. Hold on now. Hold on. And a few people got my back. But listen, you know what? I'm a hockey fan. And I happen to think Carey Price is a very gifted young man despite last season. He's a very gifted young man. He had a tough time. And listen, listen, a good friend of mine grew up not too far from Sidney Crosby, and my spiritual dad and mentor says that Sidney Crosby is just about the best. So is, is that okay? Have I, is that a peace offering? <laughs> Hallelujah. So here's our story in a nutshell. I'm only going to give you a few seeds because, again, I just want to be mindful of time. So here's the deal. I am a, I'm a young man born and raised in Ontario. I have worked in small towns and in the city. I have... Uh, I have been in every spot around Toronto, but not in it. Praise God. God bless Toronto. Oh, we could walk to it. One place I worked was so close, they could literally walk there in 10 minutes. And boy, oh boy, six straight lanes of traffic. Those of you folks from Toronto, God bless you. I love Young Street. I enjoy walking up and down and trying every food that God has created for consumption because praise God, why not, right? Hallelujah. My goodness, in one quick little strip, you can hit Korean, Japanese, Cantonese, I'm probably, there's probably going to be some Indonesian and, let's be honest, Punjabi food. It's all there. And if you like a steak, there's a good steak. And if you like a burger, there's a good burger. And if you like traffic, well, there's plenty of that. So Catherine and I are from Ontario, and I would love to tell you my story was smooth, and that from childhood all the way now at 41 years of age that I have followed Jesus, but that would not be true. That would be a lie. And by God's grace, I'm here speaking to you this morning, and I hope you get some hope. Because if you hear my story, you know that I stand up here, and this is not my job, this is a privilege. And the only reason I'm here or you're here, quite honestly, is because of the love of God. Okay? And I don't say that to be condescending, I just say, I don't deserve anything I've got. Now I can tell you I've worked hard, I could tell you about my many degrees and all the things I've done, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Because the only thing I've got is what God's given me. You see, he's given me myself, my body, my mind, my soul, my spirit, and not only that, he saved it. And I'm going to encourage you this morning that if you have questions and hurts, and if you're angry, that you can come to your Heavenly Father with your questions, and I believe, I believe he will answer them with love and respect and joy, because every person matters to God. If he made you and you showed up on this planet, he's got a plan for your life. So buckle your seatbelt. Here we go. It's going to be quick. 
So I was born in Midland, Ontario, and that's a harbor town. Believe it or not, the Great Lakes do have harbor towns. Now, my town is only about 20,000 people, not even. But we used to see the big ships that come out in the ocean in the harbor. My grandpa was a sailor. He was, uh, he was actually uh, here in Halifax during World War II and over near Digby Way. And uh, boy, he loved it out there. My family's always loved Nova Scotia. And all we've heard about is how great it is out here. And coming out here, I have to say they're right. Now, somewhere between birth and my baptism at 25, things went strange. Here's what I mean. I put myself in charge. Has anyone ever done that? You ever put yourself in charge and told God you knew better? See, this is the thing we forget. The devil's a liar, right? And God is love. Is God love? Hallelujah, God is love. That's who he is. You see it at the cross. A God that condescends and comes down to where we are. He didn't have to do that. He could be like some CEO, and God bless you if you're a CEO, but not all are like this. But he could be like some CEO in the top of some tower down in Halifax and say, I'm not talking to the fellow who's got questions, but this is who he is. My God gets down and answers questions even before we know what we're asking. And that's who he's been for me. So when I was a young man, I said the sinner's prayer to Christian camp. Hallelujah. Praise God. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just saw my friends doing it. And the truth is, I thought to myself, you know, I've never said that prayer. I've been praying to God for seven or eight years or however long I live, but I never said that prayer. So I decided to live that, say that prayer. And there were times in my teenage years where I was hungry for Jesus. And I would read my Bible and I would pray. But I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I got distracted. I got distracted. Because the truth is, in this world, there are things that can kind of grab our attention off of Jesus, off of God, our Father who loves us. Right? The devil, he's a liar, and here's what he's going to do. He's going to try to tempt us, and then he's going to try to accuse us if we go and fall for that temptation. So I struggled with shame and fear and guilt and all these things for the stupid things of teenage years that too many of us have made. Do you know what I'm talking about? So this is the way I used to deal with stress. I'd get bottles, bottles of tequila, not one. And that's how I thought I would deal with anxiety and stress. But you know what? It didn't work. And just like many testimonies you've heard, in my heart there was an aching and an emptiness and a loneliness. And I looked at my hand thinking almost atheistic thoughts and thinking, if this is by chance, there's no reason to live. But our God is good. And he met me right where I was at. And I believe he will do that for you today. My God met me right where I was at. I was with people I should never have been with, wandered into a Catholic church at a confirmation Sunday. God bless the Catholic church. I'm not saying anything against them. I'm just saying I was in a spot where I probably wasn't supposed to be because I told God, you know what? You got King David there. Boy, he got to make a lot of mistakes. When's my turn? But you know what? He let me. And that was a mistake. But I'm going to tell you today that in that, I've learned God's goodness. And I'm not telling you to go out and make mistakes because you can learn it today and save yourself a whole lot of heartache. But I know that I know that I know that God is good. He is a humble God. He is a loving God. He is a righteous God and he is a true God and he will meet you where you are today no matter your circumstance. So if the devil's trying to get you with shame this morning for stuff you've done in the past, will you just give that to Jesus? Because on that cross, he hanged basically naked, okay, to take our shame and guilt so that we can have imputed to us, given to us, the freedom and hope and victory that he accomplished at the cross. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because the sting, of death, the, the, the sting of sin is gone, and that's death, and God has overcome death because he's that powerful. He can do it, and he can handle our sin, and he can handle our questions. He can even take your doubt. I'm going to tell you this, that when God met me, there was a prayer that was flashed up on the PowerPoint screen, 
And we were, as these folks, these young ones, were being confirmed to put our hands out and to agree in them with, for them in prayer, but also to, to, to confirm our baptism. Now, will you excuse me if I tell you I was born a Presbyterian? Is that okay? I didn't have any choice in it, and God bless the Presbyterian church. Hallelujah. Souls are getting saved, and God's doing his business. But listen, I was born a Presbyterian, and that means I was baptized when I was a baby. Well, I didn't know what I was saying. I just put my hand out in Catholic church, and I was praying a prayer that I didn't even understand. But you know what? God knew what it meant. And before I even had words to explain it, the Holy Spirit made real for me that prayer. He made it real for me. I was in the midst of sin, doing stupid things, being places I should have never been, and that's where he met me. There is a reason why you're in church today, and it's to encounter the living God. And I promise you, if God can take me from where I was and take me home to him eventually one day, whoops, <laughs> hopefully I won't stumble, but if he can take me to where I'm going to go, I'm telling you he's got plans for you. Not only does he have plans for you, he's got great plans for you, he's got the best plans for you, and he's smarter than us, and he's more loving than us, and the person next to you, he loves more than you can love, and the person you don't like, he loves more than you can love, and you, he loves you more than you could love you. I'm telling you, God has good plans. So within a year, my life changed. I said that prayer, and within a year, I had a job at a Christian school. I never thought I'd work at a Christian school. I also never thought I'd meet my wife at church, but hallelujah, that's where I met her. <laughs> I grew up in a small town as a small church. The girls were younger, and I was not too interested. God bless them. They've grown up to be better people than me, I'm sure, but the point is this. God has surprised you. You saw that praise ye the Lord going on and, and, and uh, wait, yeah, buenos dos, Dios, we, oui, yes, hello, say <laughs> bon, whatever. I'm sorry, my French and Spanish get mixed. Um, it's funny when I go to Mexico and minister, I'm like, where are you from? Canada. Oh. <laughs> I was the kid when they were singing praise ye the Lord with my hands in my pants saying, I'm not doing that. Forget it. Put me on a stage and do that? Oh, I guess I have to. Now I'm the guy with my hands raised at the front. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't be worried. I said, God's got good plans for you. He's not going to insult you or make fun of you. Listen, God is good. So here's what happened. Within a year of my life, my life had changed. I'd had a job. I was a new environment. I had new friends. They were good friends. I have some of my old friends too. I don't mean that. But I had, I had relationships that mattered. God started pouring into me and answering questions of my heart. And I believe he will do that for you. He'll do that for you, whether, whether God's calling you here to faith or to another place. But I'm telling you, God is faithful. So I was baptized this time. Uh, and again, this was as a Mennonite, so... I hope that's okay to be honest about, too. I have baptized uh, Pentecostals, I promise. In fact, it's the only way I've ever done it. Because even when I was a Mennonite pastor, the only place in town was the, was the Pentecostal camp or the, uh, the Pentecostal church. Yeah, God had plans on my life, but we'll get to that later. The point I'm trying to make is this. Within a year, a simple prayer, my life was so different. I'd met my wife. I was serving in a Christian environment. I had Christian friends. God was answering questions of my heart, and he's still doing it today. Amen. Hallelujah. Because this story isn't my story, it is God's story. And it is not just an honor and a privilege to be, this is not my job. I am here because this is a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to tell you God took me out of nothing and, and, and has done something. And yeah, I'm in process, but I believe he can do even more for you. I have seen people healed with my own eyes, in front of my own eyes, medically verified, and she sits right there in front of you. My daughter had scar tissue in her ears. 
Scars, I got, like I got one in my arm, they can shrink, but they don't disappear, and certainly not in an instant. We had asked, I had asked God, God, there's got to be more when I was working in an evangelical church. And all of a sudden, I got these books uh, given to me from friends and family. And what were these books about? These books were about things like uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so speaking in tongues and healing and different things like this. And wouldn't you know that when we got to, for, for me to the point where I was going to finish off seminary, that my daughter, and I've been a teacher for many years, I was a teacher almost 17 years, um, my daughter has scar tissue in his ear. Now, as an educator, I know what that means. I know that scar tissue in your ear can lead to hearing problems. That might not interest you too much, but I know as a teacher, that can cause learning disabilities like a central auditory processing disorder. And I said, God, no. No. We prayed a simple prayer. My wife took her back to the audiologist, and those scars have disappeared. I am telling you God's for real. That was not my story, that's his story. I've seen folks healed. I shook a man's hand who was raised from the dead. And I'm telling the truth, he was raised from the dead. He's from Mexico. He was dead, he was, uh, okay, here's the story. The man's a construction worker and he builds churches. He is a servant of God and he loves Jesus and people. So he's, he's on the second story, putting out of all things a pinata. Yes, I know, it sounds stereotypical, but it's the truth. Now, he was doing it for others for a kid's party and a celebration, but he fell off the second story onto a concrete slab like the ones these, these young folks have talked about pouring. There's young ones in here, so I won't, I'll spare some of the details. Let's just say stuff came out of the ears, and he had no vital signs, none. And people in Mexico know what dead looks like. He was dead. But it just happened to be an American farmer there, a fellow in the agribusiness. This fella, six years ago, had asked... God, what's it like, this raising the dead stuff? Well, didn't God answer his question? Would you like to know? It's pretty simple. He said to me, Corey, you got to get yourself out of the way and let the Holy Spirit pray through you. And he prayed a simple prayer as the pastor's running back and forth to try to flag an ambulance only to be told, you are the poorest, the poor of Mexico. There is no ambulance that's coming for you. But hallelujah, Jesus Christ is. And so this simple prayer of a farmer in faith is released. And as this Mexican lady is praying next to this body, he comes back to life. Now I tell you this because God is real. And I, I, just, I just pray that in the circumstances you find yourself today that you might have hope. Because the truth is, Pastor Glenn's told me, this church has experienced a lot of changes. And we celebrated life twice this past week. We also remembered those who are hurting. God says to rejoice with those who rejoice, but also we've got to mourn with those who mourn. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trials and temptations. Those are the words of our Savior. So to pretend like everything's going to be keen and easy all the time, that's a lie. That is a lie. But the truth is, Jesus said to his disciples, I will never leave you or forsake you. And that means never. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are, the things you face. God is faithful. He can deliver. He can heal. He can save. He can restore. You know what? My God is a God of prostitutes, and this is what I mean. My God will take someone who's in prostitution, lift them out, and turn them into a Bible school teacher. Is that true? Hallelujah. That's our God. We need to not forget that. Our God is the God of CEOs downtown, and our God is the God of the guy who's trying to get off drugs downtown. Amen? Amen. He loves them all. Our God is the God of every nation. He can go into every nation and bring rescue, hope, and love to people who've been lied to since childhood by people who don't know any better. Listen, 
This is our story. This is our God. I am so thankful. I am so thankful to be part of a family that's so large it reaches across Halifax, across to every nation on this planet, because it says in my Bible that Jesus will have some from every tongue, every tribe, and every nation. My family's big, and you're welcome to join. In fact, I know some of you are. So we just want to thank God for who he is and the faithfulness that Catherine and I have seen here in Halifax already. You guys gave us such a warm welcome. Thank you so much to everyone who put up with folks from Ontario as we kind of said, I don't know where the bed's going to go. You can just drop it over there in the corner. We'll get to it. The Maritimes is washing some of the Ontario off. Takes a bit of time. If you'd like to join me, and I'll just try to be quick here, I'd like to bring us to two scriptures, really, today. That was a long story. Thanks for your patience. But I'd like you to know that God is good. God is good. Even if things are tough, he's good. And you can test him with that because he loves us. I'm going to go to the Psalms. You can flip over with me if you like. I'm going to go to Psalm number 46, and I'm going to read verse uh, 10. I'm used to two hands with my Bible. This might take me a bit of time. <laughs> Alrighty. Psalm, for, Psalm 46, verse 10. Well, in the NIV, what it says is God saying, Be still and know that I am God. You might have been a mother or a brother or a sister or a friend of someone who was lost. And I mean lost. Who'd put themselves in the driver's seat and messing up their life. Can I tell you? Be still. I had many folks praying for me. And I can tell you that I was supernaturally, uh, my life was saved on more than one occasion. And when the kids go downstairs later on in the fall, I might tell you some more stories, but I just want to spare some details right now. God saved my life, literally, my breathing life, and he also saved my soul. So I'm telling you, if you're the one who's praying for someone who does, things don't look too good right now, you keep praying. You keep praying. You know, as the Holy Spirit leads you, and pray with hope and faith, because God is good. If we're honest, there's times, though, where we don't know how to pray. Am I right there? Let's be honest. Now, God has gifted to some of us words and knowledge and wisdom and all these pieces, and he might give you a better insight than me, but I'm going to tell you, there have been times in my life when people have come forward to me at prayer, even at an altar or on the street, and I have unhonestly had an answer. But it's okay, because I don't need to be on the throne, and I don't need to have an answer. I just need to know my Heavenly Father has one for them and pray along with them. And it says in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 7, that when we don't know how to pray, that's okay. Because the Spirit intercedes for us. Right? I'm going to share a story that my pastor at my previous setting shared with us. And it's over in the book of John, and it's, verse, it's chapter 5. Before we wrap things up, I'd like you to hear this story. So we're going to turn to chapter 5 and verse 2. 
Now there was in Jerusalem the sheep gate, or sorry, by the sheep gate, a pool. So the gates in Jerusalem had names. Uh, this one, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos, that's a porch. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered. And they were waiting for the moving of the waters, for an angel of the Lord, pardon me, went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, um, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. Well, there was a man there, a man was there who had been ill for 38 years. That's not fun, eh? Being sick, right? 38 years he's sick. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? Well, do you think he wanted to get well? 38 years of pain and suffering and sickness. Do you think he wanted to get well? Listen to the man's answer. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Well, that wasn't the question, was it? No, he jumped to the solution. And if we're honest, sometimes we have expectations for how things are going to go. Am I right? It's not me, it's the word here. Sometimes we have a way in our head where we think, well, we're going to get healed this way. We're going to get a job this way. We're going to get a solution this way. And we put ourselves in the driver's seat. Sometimes there's a person going through a rough time and we've got a word that jumps out. Well, listen, guys, you are smart. I've met the people of faith. You are gifted. You are loving. You've got gifts. But listen, our Heavenly Father is even smarter. Is it okay for me to say that? We need to lean on Him and be still. Because when we're at our best is when his love's going through us. Because it says in his word, love God, love others. Love God, love others. It comes from him. It goes out to others. Every single one's important to Jesus. Hallelujah. This man had a preconceived notion. He'd seen how people got healed. And he starts explaining to Jesus, not knowing who Jesus is. I can't get this done. But praise God for his grace, right? Isn't God gracious? Hallelujah. And in this story, you're going to find out that even though this man doesn't have a clue who he's talking to, doesn't even know how to answer him, that God is going to meet his need. Hallelujah. Does that give us hope? I believe it does. He said to him, do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool, and so on and so forth. And Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your pallet, your mat, and walk. You see what happened there? Jesus just met a need. Jesus knew his heart's intention, and he knows your heart's intention too. Please understand this. You matter to the King of kings and Lord of lords, and that is not a casual statement. The God who created this universe, as broken as it is because of the things we've done to this place, he loves you. You matter to the king, and even if you don't know how to pray, even if you don't know what to say, even if you're here for the first time and you, you, things look mixed up or good or whatever, you can come to him and say, God, here I am. I need your help. 
Because the truth is the world would tell you, and this is kind of Greek thought, right? That we need to be strong individuals and overcome on our own strength. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Here's why. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so that he gets the glory. And that gets the job done because my God's stronger than me. But you know what? He's alive in me and he's alive in you too if you'll have him. I just want you folks to be encouraged this Sunday. I want you to have hope, an everlasting hope that you matter to him, that he's got a plan for you, and that he's coming back for a bride where folks are united from every, every tribe and every nation. You know, here at Faith, everyone's important. Pastor Glenn and Debbie are important. Our brother John is important. Our singers are important. Our greeters are important. Every single one of them has been entrusted with a ministry, a ministry of love and reconciliation and peace to a world that's hurting and lost. Where do you fit in this puzzle? I'm going to invite Nathan and his team to come on back, and as they do, I'm going to pray. And my prayer for you is that you would take time to allow God to be in the driver's seat, that you would trust a God, a creator of all, that he's got a plan for you, that he's got a purpose for you, that if there's storms and trials and all those things that can come in life, that he is in the midst of it with you. Is that okay? God's so smart. He loves us so much. Won't you pray with me? Father God, I pray that we would take some time, even just now, and be still. That we would be still and know that you are God. That in the midst of all the trials and temptations, that you are faithful. That you are creator God, all-powerful. There is none like you. That, Father God, through you, things can change and be the better. And if things are tough, we know we're not alone. You're the God of miracles. You're the God of healing. You're the God of wonder. You're the one who puts paths straight. You're the God who answers questions. You're the God who loves our neighbor, even when it's tough for us to do it. And, Father God, if it's hard this morning for us to step up and say, I need forgiveness, give us the boldness and strength to do it. And if, if, if we are hurting because our brother or sister has done something that seems impossible, forgive won't you give us the strength to do it? I pray for this, this church of ours. I pray for this community. I pray for this region that it would have a touch of God's love and care. Thank you for meeting with us today, Lord Jesus Christ, in a powerful way. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes us clean. A God who would step down from heaven to touch his feet on earth to bring us to be a part of his family because we matter to him. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, God, you've got great plans. I thank you for this church. I thank you for this family. I thank you, God, for the gifts you've deposited. I thank you for unifying us by your power and your love and your wisdom, bringing your joy and your peace. I thank you that the folks here, God, matter to you, and the folks on the outside, they matter to you too. I thank you that there's brothers and sisters in churches all across Halifax, and indeed this world, God, who matter to you. I pray for those who are hurting today, that, Lord, you'd, you'd soothe them, that you'd bring them, Father God, into alignment with your perfect plans, that you'd heal them, that you'd touch them. Lord. 
And I pray for the wanderer, the one who's got questions, that, Lord, you'd be faithful to answer those questions just like you're faithful in my life. Lord, I thank you for your presence that's among us. And I thank you that, Lord, your presence is going with us. So, Father God, we want to receive everything you've got for us. And we want to walk forward with you in the driver's seat, taking time just like Jesus did to be still and know who our Father is. Lord, we bless your name today. We thank you for the days ahead and what you're going to do because you've got great plans. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just want to say this, that if, if, if you do have prayer needs or concerns, there's folks there at the back who will be happy to pray for you. I'd be happy to pray for you too. We'll be believing for good things. If you've got questions about who Jesus is or what the pathway to God looks like, please, please have the boldness and courage to come back and ask some questions because we just want to love you like God wants to love you by his grace and favor. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.